helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's topic is Workaholism, Toxic Work Ethics. And as usual, we will be using a biblical passage to explore and extrapolate from as we discuss this very important topic. But before we do so, I want to welcome all my listeners, regular listeners and first-time listeners. And I want to remind my first-time listeners that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. I also want to remind my listeners of an upcoming retreat that will be held on June 5 to 7 at Providence Point in Lanark. For more information, you can call us at 1-877-544-3546 or you can go to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So we're going to get right into this, into today's show, Workaholism, Toxic Work Ethics. And as our passage for today, we have Luke 10, verse 38 to 42 that we will be looking at. But I won't be doing this show all by myself today. I have my wonderful wife here in studio with me today. And Dennis will be taking us into today's topic by reading this passage for us. But before we go into the, into the scripture today, Dennis, I want to make this show very personal. So I'm going to start right off the bat by asking you, a question that might put you on spot on the air. Do you think I am a workaholic? Oh, Michael, I don't think we should go there. If we go there, we might have to change the topic of this show to resolving couples conflict. Okay, so I think it might be a good thing for us to stay away from telling me whether or not I'm a workaholic. How about if we go through the show and then from the points that I will give and the symptoms of workaholism, you can tell me at home whether or not you think I'm a workaholic. Is that a better way to go about it? That sounds okay, better. Okay, so let's, let's, let's keep this show safe. So Luke 10, verse 18 to 42, and Dennis will be, uh, you'll be reading this passage for us to, to, to kick us off. For sure. And this is a well-known um, scripture and story. Uh, we're just going to be looking at it in a different light. So as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
And that's from Luke 10, 38 to 42. So, Michael, this topic might be confusing for some of our listeners because working hard is often considered a virtue, a way to pave the road to success. So when does working hard become a vice? In other words, what is workaholism? And what are some of the signs? Well, let me start right off the, 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 the top by saying that uh, given a definition for workaholism, workaholism is defined in the Cambridge, Cambridge Dictionary as a condition that makes someone work a lot of time and find it difficult not to stop. So that's a general definition. But I want to be more specific to look at some of the symptoms as you have asked in your question. And I have devised an acronym to to take us through those uh, symptoms of workaholism that if you can identify with any of these these, uh, parts of the acronym, and the acronym actually spells the word ESCAPE, and each letter stands for something that represents people or, or is common in those who suffer from alcoholism. Sorry, from workaholism. So the E is for endless. So if you work endless hours into projects, whether it be uh, doing uh, projects at work or housework, and there is no limit to your day, you can go hours and hours without stopping, and you, you just can't take a break and know when to stop. So so if you work endless hours, the E, the first the first E in escape is is for endless. And so this is something we find in a lot of cases where people are workaholics in that they just keep going and they they don't they're not satisfied with working five days a week. They will work on weekends. They will work on on holidays and they, they, they work every day and there's, there's no limit to the amount of time. But the, the S in the acronym ESCAPE is for stress. People who overwork themselves and have become workaholics have this stress response that beginning that begins to show in their lives where they will have things like outbursts of anger towards others and may make irrational judgments of others or complain about things that could be considered minor or non issues. The C in the acronym is for complain. And with people who are workaholics, we find that family members are often complaining about the amount of time that these people are spending away from work. So if someone is a workaholic, we usually have this dynamic that is established where people are beginning to say that they're working too much. Oh, definitely. I can actually see myself in some of these. <laughs> um, I, I think I can see myself too, Denise, in, in that uh, sometimes we might have projects that go above and beyond. And I think all of us uh, work 
at times in excess of what we should. But as we go through this show and the rest of the acronym, you're going to be seeing that workaholics have other things that define them as well. So the A adds to the picture of what a workaholic is. The A is for effect. And if you're a workaholic, then it will get to the point where your work will begin to affect other areas of your life, such as your health, your relationship, your spirituality, your hobbies, and just take over your life. And so if you are a workaholic, you probably have have been noticing that you hardly have time for anything else. The P in the in the acronym ESCAPE is for priority. In other words, people or or workaholics uh, make work their priority. And for for people who are workaholics, they will miss important events in their kids' life. They will sacrifice time to go on vacation with their family. They will miss out on date nights with their wife. They will even sacrifice um, in many times their 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 time for church because work becomes everything. And the final E in the acronym ESCAPE is for EVADE. And Dennis, this is a very important part of the acronym because a lot of people who are alcoholics, they are being driven, sorry, a lot of people who are workaholics are being driven by emotions that they're trying to escape. So there are negative emotions that as long as they're working, they are not able to feel or they're they're driven by unhealthy self-concept where because they might consider themselves not good enough, work then becomes this place where they can feel esteemed, where can they can feel as if they're good enough. And it's as if when they're in that environment, they feel whole. They feel as if they have value. But outside of it, they, they don't. And workaholism can be in the home as well, where when people are working and doing tasks, as long as the house is in a certain state, I feel that I have value or I feel that I can accomplish something. So there you have it, uh, the acronym ESCAPE. And this will be uh, in my new book that will be coming out soon that is called The Transformed Life. We'll be talking about this and other important topics. So to answer your question about what are some of the signs of, of workaholism, this acronym, I think, Dennis, captures it very well. It does, Michael. It's so fitting. You know, you say ESCAPE, and that's exactly what a lot of people do when uh, they have this, um, they just work, work, and, you know, it helps you not to think about some of the things uh, that are going on definitely in your life. And it's definitely an escape. So it's quite fitting. So let's get back to uh, the story. How many of these do you see in this story of Mary and Martha? Okay, so if we look at the story of Mary and Martha, I think we see a lot of these acronyms. I'm just going to go through and point out the ones that I think I see in this story. So we see the first E, 
endless hours where there seem to be no limit to the workday. We get from the the fact that Jesus were were she was in the presence of Jesus. Jesus was in her house. Others were sitting. We are told that Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet, just soaking up Jesus' words. And we see that uh, Martha was couldn't find the time to stop. She couldn't bring herself to stop the work that she was doing. So we get we get a picture of that from the fact that others were already sitting and relaxing and she was still working. The time had come for there to be relaxation and to listen to Jesus, but she kept going. But we also see this in Jesus' words to her, because Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, that is in verse 41 of Luke 10, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. So in other words, she is doing a lot of things. She keeps going and she's working when in fact there needs to be there doesn't really need to be any more work to be done. So we see the, the first E in the story, this endless working, no, no end to her activity. But we also see a stress response, the, the S in the acronym. We see that stress response in her frustration with her sister Mary. Because if you notice that she actually went to Jesus to complain mm-hmm. and to say, Jesus, Mary sitting at your feet and, you know, soaking up every word that comes from your mouth and she should be doing dishes with me instead. So this is a very irrational uh, reaction to the situation because you would think that if Jesus is in your presence, you would drop everything and want to listen to him. Definitely. But instead of listening to 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 Jesus, Mary was more interested in baking the shepherd's pie. Uh, Martha was more interested in in baking the shepherd's pie, and so Jesus responds to her is that you're doing you're doing too much, and so this trust response is there. But we don't see the complaint, the C in the in the acronym, because we didn't hear of of Mary complaining about her. But the A, the the effect where it's beginning to negatively impact other areas of her life. We can see this from the acronym because her spirituality would definitely be affected by that. If you have Jesus in your presence. Yes. We're, we are told that people would travel uh, miles to, to, to see Jesus. We are, we are told that Zacchaeus climbed a tree to just get a, a look at Jesus as he's passing by. In one story in the Bible, men cut a hole in a roof to, to have access to Jesus because there was such a crowd in the home that Jesus was. But here we have Martha where Jesus is in her house and she's not even interested in what he's saying. She's in the kitchen doing dishes and preparing preparing a meal that according to Jesus does not need to be prepared. So we can say that uh, safely say that it's affecting her, her spirituality. It's affecting her relationship with others because whereas she could be socializing. Yes. And having a good time with Jesus and, and, and feasting on the words of wisdom that came from his lips. She was in the kitchen preparing 
And not only doing that, but complaining that her sister was not doing, her sister Mary was not doing the same. The P, we also see the P then is for priority because I think her attitude shows that she was prioritizing everything else. Work was a priority. The doing of stuff was a priority to her over even listening to Jesus. Uh So that's very clear from the story. But we also see the E for, for evade in that work to her seemed to have been a way of evading negative emotions in, 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 in her life. Because notice the word of Jesus when Jesus said, you are worried and upset about many things. Jesus could also be saying it at a deeper level, at a psychological level, where he's saying, Martha, you are being driven by the worries and concerns on your mind, and you're doing things that are not needed. And so we we, we can see all of these uh, these parts of the acronym in this story of Mary and Martin. I think it's very, it's a very fitting story to use to discuss this topic. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. I am your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and with me in studio today, that wonderful other voice that you're hearing is Denise Hart, my wife, and we are discussing this topic of workaholism, toxic work ethics. And if you, if you have missed this show, you can listen to to all of it by going to a website, elimcounselingministry.com. From there, it will take you to our YouTube channel where all our shows, including this one, is uploaded. This is a great uh, way you explain this, Michael. You know, I feel so sad for uh, Martha that she missed out on so many uh, learning experience uh, from uh, Jesus. You know, she could be sitting there and learning a lot from him, but she's missing out on that. So, and you also mentioned uh, priority over other areas of life in your acronym. But what about when work is linked to other important areas of life, such as spirituality? Well, people who are overworking themselves in the church and uh, see this as improving their spiritual life. You know, a lot of people have the gift of help and are helping others. They see this as a good thing, not as overworking. That's a very good question, uh, Denise, because I think uh, it's very easy for us to justify overworking by saying, well, I'm doing God's work. You know, I'm working, I'm, I'm saving souls. And I'm burning out myself saving soul, but it's okay. It's so nothing is wrong with it. But if we listen to, if we, if we read Jesus' attitude to ministry, we can get an idea that Jesus was not a workaholic, that Jesus found a balance. Jesus didn't say, I have to save souls and there are so many souls to save that I can't take a break and I just have to keep going, even if it means neglecting my health and neglecting my family. As a matter of fact, we are told in one passage that when news about Jesus spread spread around, a great crowd came out to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But the Bible says, yet he frequently withdrew to the wilderness 
to pray. So just think about that for a moment. You have Jesus, the healer, the person who has the power to make people whole. And there's people lined up. There's a crowd of people coming out to be healed. And even with that next person in the line that say, I needed to heal my withered hand. I needed to raise my son from the dead. I needed to cast out my demon. Even with that next person in the line, we are told that Jesus, he would frequently withdraw to the wilderness to pray. And I think that to me shows a balance that Jesus had this capacity to know when to stop. Jesus was definitely not a a workaholic. So for people who say, I am doing God's work, so that's why I am neglecting my family and that's why I can't stop, I am saying that this is not uh, this 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 is not an excuse because there is a way in which God's work can be done while still finding balance in your life. Oh, definitely, definitely. I surely agree with that. And um, let's move on, Michael. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me uh, from this story of Mary and Martha is Martha's uh, frustration with Mary. Can you talk a little bit more about the significance of uh, this towards her sister? What's really going on from a psychological perspective? That's such a good question, Denise. And thank you for asking that question, because I think I see here in that overreaction that there is something deeper that's happening. A lot of times when you have overreaction to something that it just doesn't make sense on, on in, in a rational, if you look at it rationally, there is usually psychological issues that are happening beneath the surface. So if you think about this, this was a definite overreaction on Martha's part, because if you have Jesus in your house, right, and I'm, I'm thinking that this doesn't happen every day because he's a man that travels different regions and preach all around. So if you have him in your house and you, you think that this would be an opportunity for you to sit and to listen, and anyone in their reasonable mind would do that. With That's a reasonable right. mind to do that. So here we have yes. Mary doing what is rational and Martha being irrational saying, why are you sitting listening to Jesus while I am doing the dishes alone? And Jesus is saying, no, Martha, you're troubled. You don't have to do the dishes. You can stop because we don't need you to be doing the dishes and to be baking that that second shepherd pie. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you could actually sit and yes. be listening to me. So to me, I think there is something that maybe she's, she's feeling guilty because maybe she feels if I sit and listen to Jesus, I might hear something that challenged me. Jesus was not this feel-good preachers like some of the preachers that we have today, where when you listen to them, you come away thinking that, you know, you're going to, to be a multimillionaire and everything will be perfect in your life. Jesus wasn't that kind of a preacher. Jesus would preach hard truth to people. Yes. Like the woman at the well, he would tell her what's going on in her personal life. So I think there might be something there with 
Martha, where she knows if I sit and I listen, I might hear something that I don't like. Mm -hmm. So she's probably reacting from a position of frustrating that her sister is able to do that and she's not capable. So instead of saying, I admire my sister, look at her, she's sitting and she's doing the right thing. She's frustrated because her sister is reminding her of what she's afraid to do. Yes, that's a great point. Great point. Uh, let's move on, Michael. Um, if someone is listening to this show and they can identify as a workaholic, you know, uh, maybe they have a child beside them pulling at their leg, wanting to play or something like that, but they're so focused on what they're doing. What suggestions would you offer to that person? Yes, I think the first thing I would say, if you're a workaholic and you just can't seem to stop and spend time with your family, you're missing out on important days, your family's beginning to complain and you can identify with a lot of things that we have talked about, you know, an escape acronym. I think the first thing that you need to do is to take a look at the underlying issues that might be driving your workaholism. Because a lot of times it's not about money or about success. There are usually there there is usually other things that are driving that that workaholism. So take Bruce for example. I talk about Bruce in my upcoming book, The Transformed Life. And so in the example of Bruce, Bruce came in for counseling thinking that his wife was very unreasonable to expect him to work less. And and he said she just doesn't get it. I am working to make her successful, to make us successful. Mm-hmm. But as the questions were asked. Bruce came to a point where he realized he wasn't getting any more money for working on weekends, for working uh, uh, on holidays. He was being driven by something else. So when the question was asked of Bruce, Bruce, what's really going on? Bruce said, I think back to my father's words and my father's, my father's favorite saying was, don't leave for tomorrow what you can do today. So that was what was drilled into his head. If you have something to do and it can be done today, it doesn't matter how long it takes, do it for today. But not only that, Bruce goes on to say that his father was a man that he feared. He he was very angry and he would often be spanked harshly if he did not complete task. So Bruce was being driven by the subconscious fear that he had to get things done regardless of what it costs. So I think the first thing to do is to look at subconscious drives that are working behind the the, the, the surface. Maybe it might be like, Bruce, you are afraid of some kind of uh, of irrational punishment that you might get if you are not finished. Maybe it might, it might be as a result of your childhood where you have linked performance with being loved. And so a lot of people who are working themselves to death, they're working, they're people pleasers who are feeling, I have to work so that I can be loved by others. They want to be loved and they're seeking to satisfy that wound by working too much. But the truth is that no amount of work is ever going to fill that void. It is something that has to be taken care of at the emotional level. The third thing I would say for someone who is listening is that 
become a, make a choice to change. Jesus' words to to is that Mary had chosen that which is is right in the passage. So Mary made a choice. I am going to stop working. Make a choice. Set a limit to your day. Yes. And 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 make some plans to to be at important events and balance your life. And the final thing I'd want to say is become, uh, or the second to last thing is to become accountable to people you respect. And finally, get professional help because sometimes the wounds, the the emotional wounds, are so deep that professional help is needed to to break them. Very good. Very good. I have learned a lot from this and I'm sure going to use some of these in my own life. And I think you and I will continue this discussion <laughs> afterwards, whether or not I am a workaholic. And we we'll let the listeners know at some point about that. And for sure. <laughs> okay. For sure. Thank okay. you for having me today. All right. It was my pleasure. And thank you, Dennis, for being here. And so I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Show. I want to remind you of our upcoming retreat that we'll be having from June 5 to 7 at Providence Point in Lanark. If you'd like to attend, then please call us at one 877 You also want to remind you that you can listen to this episode and past episode by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com and accessing them through our YouTube channel. We also want to remind you that we are a non-profit organization that depends on your contribution. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.